Welcome to Black Bottom Saints with Alice Randall. I'm your host, Alice Randall. Each episode of this podcast will explore the life of a particular saint in the novel Black Bottom Saints, the rich history of Detroit's Black Bottom neighborhood, what the Detroit past has to tell us about the global future, and end with a cocktail recipe. This podcast is for people who have and have not read Black Bottom Saints. Each episode will be talking about the play between history and fiction and how one informs the other. I hope a stop here is a little like meeting up with the talkative stranger in the lobby of Detroit's fabled Gotham Hotel. This week, I want to introduce you to Ruth Charlotte Ellis. Ruth Charlotte Ellis is the patron saint of the courageous, the salon builders, and those who look out for the kids. When Ari Shapiro interviewed me for Fresh Air, he wanted to talk about Ruth Charlotte Ellis. He was amazed he hadn't heard her story before, and I was thrilled that he was finally going to hear it, and he was going to be an ally that introduced so many new people to Ruth Charlotte Ellis's story. I will let Ziggy give you the bones of his version of her life from the pages of Black Bottom Saints. Ruth Charlotte Ellis was born in 1899 to parents who'd been born enslaved in Tennessee. In freedom, the parents migrated to Springfield, Illinois, where Ruth was born the only daughter and last child in a family of four children. Ruth announced she loved women in 1915. In the late 1920s, she announced she loved Cicilline Babe Franklin. Ruth and Babe moved to Detroit as a couple about 1937 or 1938, drawn to the city like so many of my Black Bottom Saints by the promise of factory jobs. After trying her hand at factory work and not liking it, Ruth invested a small inheritance. Her wise father did not make the then common mistake of disinheriting his daughter for knowing her heart and established herself as the first female owner of a printing company in Detroit and as the premier hostess and social work central of Detroit Black gay life. Ruth and her true love babe created a legendary salon that was a haven for young queer people when there were few such places. They didn't just provide food and shelter and community, they provided money for college and school books. When necessary, the hostesses could turn into unpaid caseworkers. When the couple broke up, Ruth's social activism increased and the party continued, but she never lived with another lover. That's the end of what Ziggy had to say to introduce Ruth Ellis. She's the patron saint of salon builders. A salon is a place that people can gather together to have important conversations. I like to think of this podcast as a kind of 21st century salon. And I believe the Gotham Hotel functioned as an ongoing salon. Both my daughter, Caroline Randall Williams, and I worked to keep the Black salon tradition so powerfully embodied by Ruth Ellis alive. All you need for a salon is a question or a topic, some guest and libations, be it tea or cocktails or wine, and a roof for shelter. You don't have to cook. You can feast only on the words on the conversation. But you need a roof and you need some drinks, the tea or the wine, so you need some money 
Ruth earned hers from a printing press. And that's how I wanna to start to introduce you into her story today. Ruth Charlotte Ellis owned and ran a printing press. It was the first woman owned, black woman owned printing press in Detroit. And everything she did, she was able to do from the money that flowed from that blue collar and inky labor. Ellis was a printer. She ran a printing press. I am purposely repeating that because I'm writing to you from Nashville, which is home of a very famous press, Hat Show Print. I love Hat Show Print. They have created posters for James Brown and George Jones, for Emmy Lou Harris and Etta James, for Dave Chappelle and Merle Haggard. What isn't known, what's been written out of the history of Hat Show Print in most of the tellings of that history, is that for a period when handset presses were not popular in the late 20th century, Hatch Showprint was owned by a black man working in the tradition of Ruth Ellis. His name was Weldon Kidd. Black printing history is lost history. And I wanna stop in honor of Ruth Ellis and place her within a black American printing tradition with the help of a brilliant person called Leon Jackson, who published an article a dozen years ago called The Talking Book and the Talking Book Historian, in which he points out many profound lost moments of black printing history, including the fact that Nat Turner of the famous enslaved African rebellion, Nat Turner developed his own modes of making paper and that Frederick Douglass according to Jackson, quote unquote, obsessed over topography and printing. And that we know that Primus Fowl, an enslaved African working in Portsmouth, New Hampshire in the 1750s operated a printing press, though he was not taught to read and write. Yes, Primus Fowl, an enslaved African working in Portsmouth, New Hampshire in the 1750s before America was a nation, operated a printing press, though he was not taught to read and write. And of course, Frederick Douglass had his North Star and his own son, Lewis Henry Douglass, apprenticed with him there, but was blocked from joining many printing unions. By 1896, Nashville was headquarters of the AME African Methodist Episcopal Sunday School Union and Publishing House. And Nashville was the epicenter of Black printing in America. Ruth Charlotte Ellis would have known that. Black printing and publishing started at emancipation and it was an act of emancipation that acknowledged that slavery was more than a shackling of the body. It was constructed as a shackling of the mind and literacy and printed books, printed language were key to opening the shackles. And it all started with the money Ruth Ellis earned from the printing press. She used the printing press to unshackle the minds of people who wanted to discriminate against queer youth. She used the printing press to provide shelter for her salons. Today in Detroit, the Ruth Ellis Center, which was founded in 1999, has a website that announced that it is 
named in honor of a resilient Detroit icon and that the Ruth Ellis Center works to create a supportive environment and community for LGBTQ plus young people and that it has established a national reputation for quality and innovation in providing trauma-informed services for lesbian, gay, bi-attractional, transgender, and questioning youth and young adults with an emphasis on young people of color experiencing homelessness, involved in the child welfare system, and or experiencing other barriers to health and well-being. The signature fundraising event for the Ruth Charlotte Ellis Center is the Stride for Pride, the Ruth Ellis Legacy Walk. But the center accepts donations all year long, and I encourage you to consider making a donation. I stopped while writing this podcast to make a small gift, and I hope some of you will pause while listening and do the same thing. GLBTQ plus young people who are experiencing homelessness need our support. And I couldn't think of a better way to honor the Ellis legacy than to make a donation and to spotlight the printing work she did to establish herself as a person who could shelter youth and provide for them, who could host a salon, who could support other people's businesses and art. What's a performance without a poster? So to state the obvious that is not so obvious at all, without the Black printers like Charlotte Ellis printing Black posters, Black business cards, Black books, Black newspapers, we have no fully realized liberation. Libation for the feast day of Ruth Ellis. Printers, Inc. Bourbon, blackberries. Fill a cordial glass full of blackberries top with bourbon. Drink. Next week, we'll be talking about arguably the most important saint of all, Billy D. Parker, and the power of the Black audience. Until then, keep zagging with Ziggy. And always remember, joy is radical. I am Alice Randall, and this is the Black Bottom Saints Podcast. Tennessee. This podcast was produced by Chelsea Crowell and Aaron McNeil. The theme from Black Bottom Saints was written and recorded by Lewis York. Nashville Women Blues was recorded by Reese Palmer and written by Bessie Smith. The novel Black Bottom Saints is published by Amistad, HarperCollins, and is available at your favorite bookstore and on Audible. Find out more at alicewandle.com. Yeah.